It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. We're going to have our typical Friday routine today. We'll kick things off with my leftover thoughts. Then we'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills regarding the injury situation. And then we'll close out the podcast with my predictions for Sunday. And I do want to remind you that we will have a Saturday podcast this week. It won't be tailgate talk. It'll be a regular episode of Locked On Bills with some things that I want to get to before the Bills play the Jets and before the season flips over to the postseason and we have to really dial in on the playoffs. I have some things that I want to talk about regarding the regular season. And so that's coming your way tomorrow. Don't miss it. Make sure that you are subscribed. In my leftover thoughts, I want to talk a lot about Josh Allen and what I brought up on herd mentality regarding the home versus road splits for Josh Allen and some narratives that have come out about Josh Allen and regression. So that's what we're going to talk about here in segment number one. And I got to admit, I certainly opened up a can of worms with the numbers that I presented on herd mentality this week regarding Josh Allen and his home splits compared to his away splits. I've seen it on social media. I've seen a lot of conversation directly after I dropped that information on the podcast. And so I want to expand on it quite a bit here today. And obviously we have to start off by just reminding you of what those home versus road splits for Josh Allen's career are. Josh Allen's completion percentage at home for his career, 60.09% on the road, 64.61%. At home, his yards per attempt is 6.69. On the road, it's 7.47. And his passer rating at home is 86.2 compared to 95.6 on the road. Josh Allen is statistically a better road quarterback than a home quarterback. And that isn't just this year. That is for his career. Those numbers I gave you are for his career. Now, they're even more drastic when you focus into just this season. And I probably should have said it during herd mentality immediately after I shared those numbers, but we have to point out that weather is a factor. The weather in Buffalo is not often conducive to successful throwing of the football. We know that. 
And so, yes, that has a major implication on those splits. So part of it could be a psychological factor in that Josh Allen is trying to make big plays in front of the home fans. And sometimes he gets away from the things he should do with the football. But surely a lot of this is weather related. Look at the home games that he played this year. The Houston game was in the rain. The Patriots game was in crazy winds, 50, 60 mile an hour winds. And the Atlanta game that he just threw three interceptions in and had a passer rating of 17, it was cold, snowy, and there was some wind. But here's the thing. We know that Josh Allen can be an amazing quarterback at home and on the road. But let's focus in even further on this season. In eight games in 2021, that Josh Allen has a passer rating above 100, five came on the road, two came at home. Five of Josh Allen's sixth highest passer rating games in 2021 came at home. The exception is the number two spot, which was the Washington game. Number one, three, four, five, and six were on the road. In games that Josh Allen had a sub-80 passer rating, four of those six came at home, including three of his bottom four. And so you can be assured that the weather plays a big factor into this, but most importantly, the Bills are a very good home team with Josh Allen at quarterback. That's what's most important. Yeah, his statistical production at home versus away favors the road. But the Bills are a better football team at home. In games that Josh Allen has started for the Buffalo Bills at home, including the playoffs, the Bills are 22 and 10. On the road, the Bills are 18 and 14. Those are in games that Josh Allen is the starting quarterback, including the playoffs. That's a big deal. So while the stats may not look as rosy, the Bills are winning more consistently at home than they are on the road. Now, I want to introduce Jim Kelly to this conversation and talk about his home versus road production and see how it measures up. And then I have another point that I want to get to that's even more involved. We're going to get into dome versus outdoors and then really talk about how home field advantage has shifted notably in the NFL. So Jim Kelly at home, and again, Buffalo Bills quarterback, same weather, right? For Jim Kelly's career at home, he completed 59.77% of his passes. On the road, 60.45, pretty close. Yards per attempt at home, 7.63. On the road, 7.24. It's actually better at home. And his passer rating at home for his career, 86.3 compared to 82.8 on the road. So his passer rating was better at home. So for Jim Kelly, those numbers were pretty comparable across the board. Statistically, he really wasn't any better or worse at home compared to on the road. But here's what's most important. The Buffalo Bills at home with Jim Kelly as a starting quarterback 
were 58 and 19. On the road, they were 43 and 40. Again, winning's the thing that matters here. And the Bills were a much better team at home than they were on the road when Jim Kelly was the quarterback. Now let's take this a step further. Let's talk about Josh Allen in a dome compared to Josh Allen outdoors and then Jim Kelly in a dome compared to outdoors. So for Josh Allen in 53 games outdoors in which the Bills are 33-20 and compared to seven games that have been played in a dome where the Bills are 5-2, and outdoors Josh Allen has a completion percentage of 61.3. In a dome he has a completion percentage of 72.4. Outdoors Josh Allen has 6.99 yards per attempt. In a dome he's 8.02. In terms of passer rating outdoors, Josh Allen, 88.9 in a dome in those seven games, 109.91. Obviously, Josh Allen, markedly more productive in terms of stats, passing stats in a dome compared to outdoors. Now, for Jim Kelly, just like the other splits that we looked at, the splits aren't that drastic. He played 140 games outdoors, 20 games in a dome, and his completion percentage outdoors, 60.1 in a dome, 60.2 yards per attempt, 7.42 outdoors, 7.43 in a dome, passer rating 84.1 outdoors, 87 in a dome. And so first and foremost, I think it's really interesting comparing Josh Allen to Jim Kelly and their home versus away splits, their dome versus outdoor splits, and see how they stack up. Because for Jim Kelly, the numbers are pretty close. For Josh Allen, they're very, very different. But what they both have in common is that the Buffalo Bills are a better team in terms of win percentage at home compared to on the road. That is the commonality between both teams with Jim Kelly and Josh Allen at quarterback. Now, I want to take this another step further because NFL home field advantage has notably shifted. Notably. These numbers are crazy different today compared to where they were in the past. In the early 90s, home teams won around 60% of games across the NFL. In the mid-90s, it was still around 60%. Nowadays, it's 50%. The last three seasons have produced a drastic shift. A 10% shift, basically, in win percentage for home teams in the NFL, looking back to the 90s compared to where it is over the last three seasons. It has shifted a ton. And so has home scoring margin and home yardage margin. All of those things have shifted dramatically. Number two is that the Bills are still a very good team at home. With Josh Allen at quarterback, they have a win percentage at home of 68.75. Despite the decline in statistics for Josh Allen, they still win a ton of games at home And on the road, it's 56.25. So home games, Josh Allen, Bills quarterback, 
Win percentage of 68.75 on the road, 56.25. And so while those statistics may not be as pretty, the Bills are a better football team at home, which by comparison to the rest of the NFL, that has minimized a lot, right? We just talked about that. I just gave you the numbers. Home field advantage has shifted across the NFL, but not for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is arguably the best bad weather quarterback in the NFL. Certainly one of the best. And that matters. And so if he's already better than most NFL quarterbacks in regular conditions, that quarterback advantage in bad weather games is that much more significant. So it's not just Josh Allen's numbers that decline in bad weather. It's every quarterback's. But Josh Allen isn't as bad. Look at the gap between Mac Jones and Josh Allen in normal conditions. We saw that in the New England game on the road a few weeks ago. Josh Allen was markedly better. And we also saw them in bad weather conditions where the New England Patriots only let Mac Jones throw the football three times. The gap between Mac Jones and Josh Allen, for example, is that much wider when bad weather is introduced. And so it's not just about the decline in statistical production. It's how the gap between Josh Allen and other quarterbacks widens because Josh Allen could still hold his head above water when the conditions are bad. We have to keep that in mind. So yeah, your your pretty statistics, they go down. But this is still about winning games, right? And while the rest of the NFL has seen a decline in home field advantage, it has not been the case for the Buffalo Bills, despite having to play in the poor conditions that often exist in Western New York. So I'll get off of that soapbox there, but I felt like I needed to expand more on that raw data that I gave you on the Tuesday podcast and give you some additional thoughts and introduce Jim Kelly into this conversation and Dome versus outdoors, home versus away, historical winning percentage for teams at home, and where the Bills fall. Because I think this all has to come back to the most important thing about playing football games, and that's winning them. Now, I want to talk about Josh Allen and this regression stuff. Of course, after Josh Allen throws three interceptions and has a passer rating of 17 against the Atlanta Falcons, those that want to dunk on the idea that Josh Allen has regressed, showed up on social media this week. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And let me explain. Let's start by looking at the definition of regression. It is defined as a return to a former or less developed state. And so the Josh Allen has regressed truthers that want to dunk at the most opportune time they possibly could this year, they will tell you that comparing 2020 Josh Allen to 2021 Josh Allen, that his passer rating is down 107.2 to 92.8. He has one less yard per attempt, and his completion percentage is down 5%. 
Why on earth is the expectation for Josh Allen to be statistically better every single year? I find that to be ridiculous. I can go to every player in the history of the NFL and point out year-to-year areas where they statistically regressed. I'll give you a couple just to show you what I'm talking about. How about Jerry Rice? After catching 22 touchdown passes in 1987 in 12 games, he only caught nine in 16 games in 1988. Did he regress? How about Tom Brady? In 2012, he threw 34 touchdowns and had a passer rating of 98.7. In 2013, he regressed. He only had 25 touchdown passes and a passer rating of 87.3. How about Patrick Mahomes? From 2018 to 2019, he threw 24 less touchdown passes, 30 less yards per game, and his passer rating fell eight points. Do you see how ridiculous that sounds? The important thing with Josh Allen and the way he played this year, regardless of any statistic that you want to point to, is that he validated what we saw in 2020 with the way he played in 2021. He remained in the top tier of NFL starting quarterbacks and continued to prove he is a total difference maker at the position. Year over year, the stats are going to look different. There's going to be some categories that are better, some that are worse. But what Josh Allen didn't do is drop into a different tier of quarterback. He went from a top five NFL quarterback to a top five NFL quarterback, regardless of what the stats say. Josh Allen is as valuable to the Buffalo Bills as much, if not more, than any other quarterback for any other team in the NFL. So if you want to point to different statistical areas where Josh Allen is not as good as he was this year compared to last year, okay. But that's not your evidence that he regressed. When you say he regressed, you're saying that he returned to a former or less developed state. Josh Allen in 2021 remained a top-tier NFL quarterback. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want 
to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they have great nutrition facts. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They are healthy for you. They taste delicious, and they help you eat healthy. And they have so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what is new. And, of course, I have a deal for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangeduppills.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bangeduppills, and he joins us each week to talk about the injury situation entering the game. And we're going to talk about the Bills' injury situation entering the game and have a bigger picture discussion as it relates to Harrison Phillips, the Bills' defensive tackle who is playing some really good football, and he has an expiring contract. And so we're going to talk a bit about his injury situation, which has definitely impacted his career, but also how that could have an implication on the contract negotiations. But before we get to that, Kyle, let's talk about the players with injury designations as of today when we record this podcast on Thursday afternoon. Let's start with Ryan Bates, the Bills' left guard. Feels like the Bills have found something with him in the lineup at left guard. He didn't finish the game uh, against the Falcons on Sunday, and he's been limited so far this week on Wednesday and Thursday with a knee. I know Sean McDermott said he was day-to-day. What can you tell us about Ryan Bates? So we saw Ryan Bates leave the game uh, late in the third, or the fourth quarter, I should say, uh, with a right knee injury. Uh, we know that's a knee because that's what they said in the press conference. Uh, at the time, at the, and during the game, it wasn't known whether it was a knee or an ankle because he was uh, hit from behind and rolled up on. So there was a concern that there could be an ankle. And with how the broadcast view looked, you couldn't really tell what they were addressing, unfortunately. Most of the time, you can. So by video, it looked like a mild MCL sprain. And when I say mild, it's still a sprain. There's still an injury there. And that's the ligament that runs on the inner portion of the knee and provides that medial support. Could he play? Yes. Should he play? I don't know. That's up to the team to decide. Considering this is a, I don't want to say a totally meaningless game, but the Bills are locked into the playoffs. They obviously want to get that home playoff game if they if they can. So do you put a guy out there who's less than 100% or do you put a guy out there like John Feliciano, Cody Ford, uh, somebody else who can pick up the reps and play at full health comparative to somebody who might not be 100%, especially with all the snow that Buffalo got uh, on Wednesday. It's going to be slick, uh, slippery out there, not great footing. So do you want to expose a guy who's been playing very well lately and potentially cause further injury despite wearing a knee brace, or do you let him get right for the playoffs? I lean toward the playoffs. So I don't anticipate him playing, but he could suit up just as a reserve um, at, uh, I would say, worst case scenario. Two other players had a designation as of the Thursday podcast, po- uh, excuse me, as of the Thursday injury report. That is F.A. Obata, who has not practiced all week with an ankle injury and Emmanuel Sanders, who has not practiced all week with a knee injury. 
How are you feeling about those two situations? Not good, Joe. Not good. Uh, we'll hit Sanders first since he's been dealing with the injury a little bit longer than uh, Obata. Uh, Sanders suffered the right knee injury against the Buccaneers, missed the Panthers game, came back very well to play against the Patriots, and then was out against the Falcons. We don't know what caused the setback with regards to his right knee injury because he was moving very, very well and surprised me heading into the Patriots game. So Sean McDermott had acknowledged that Sanders has the injury. He doesn't know whether it was a setback or he's trying to fight through that. But considering he's do not participate Wednesday and Thursday, he's not trending toward that playing on Sunday. I don't see the benefit of him playing on Sunday. Let him rest up for playoffs. He's a veteran with a ton of postseason experience. Use him and get him as right as possible for uh, the wild card round. Um, as for Albada, I looked at the film. He played in 11 defensive snaps, three special team snaps. Those special team snaps came on extra points, which usually there's not too many injury concerns at that time. I didn't see anything regarding an injury uh, to either ankle uh, during his defensive snaps, though this is something that could have been that could have occurred off a broadcast view. Uh, looking at the game pass, it's always not great to look at the all 22 views, so sometimes that's more restricted at times. But he didn't require any medical attention during the game, so it's really odd that he's do not participate the past two uh, Wednesday and Thursday. He did have an injury prior to week four against the Texans, which caused him to miss that game, but I don't know that those are related. And this is one of those things we just simply need more information uh, to figure out whether he's going to be good to go for the playoffs, but I don't anticipate him playing Sunday. All right, let's close it out with Harrison Phillips. And I want to read the question that was submitted and then let you kind of dive into it. Uh, really good question. Here it is. He says, we heard that Harrison Phillips tore a PCL in training camp, which could account for his slow start. Is this an injury he has recovered from, or will he need surgery after the season? He has been playing at a very high level the last few games and looks deserving of a new contract. Would you expect the contract to look, what would you expect the contract to look like? And will this injury have an effect? And so I think everyone can agree that Harrison Phillips is playing really well. And it is worth noting that that, in, that knee injury, the PCL from preseason is something that he dealt with earlier this year. And so how are these things connected? Is there surgery coming? And uh, what are the implications overall for Harrison Phillips? Uh, so first off, um, Thank you to whoever sent that question. I love when Joe approaches me with these questions. It allows me to dig into things that I haven't thought about before. Um, and it's fun just to kind of look at those things, especially when somebody else is thinking of it. So keep those questions coming. I'm open for them. Um, going into the question themselves there, or the, itself, he tore the PCL against the Bears. Uh, he was drove driven right into the ground. The knee was hit, and then he had one of the Bears' um, offensive linemen fall on top of him. So we see that classic dashboard injury or the PCL where the tibia is driven backwards. The PCL helps prevent posterior tibial translation. So if you think about the ACL, it prevents the tibia from moving too far forward um, in relation to the femur. The PCL prevents the, the tibia from moving too far backwards. I don't know this reason why this is, but the PCL is a better uh, blood innervation allowing it to heal up more naturally than the ACL. People far smarter than me know that answer, but for whatever reason, the PCL heals, heals more naturally, uh, which leads me to say that I don't believe he'll require surgery. He's been playing very, very well this season. He's had the knee brace on. 
but he's had that knee brace on for a long time since he tore his ACL back in 2019. So if he does need surgery, I would believe it'd be more for a cleanup. Like there's you know, arthritic changes in there. Um, if there's a you know, potential bone spurs, which there could be other stuff going on there that might require cleanup, but he would not require surgery for PCL unless he's super Superman and playing through this thing that he shouldn't be playing through. So surgery isn't in the cards for him unless there's new information. Um, as for the contract, I had to uh, go out and ask for help on this one. Uh, I got to speak with Greg Thompson of Cover One. He actually approached this question in their uh, post-game uh, show on Sunday against the Falcons. He had suggested that Harrison Phillips would have a two-year contract worth about $8 million total. He had said that the Harrison Phillips contract could replace Vernon Butler, which uh, when Joe and I talk, I know, Joe, you're not a big fan of Vernon Butler. So to see Vernon Butler move on, we'll be totally fine and have Harrison Phillips uh, replace him from a monetary standpoint, which would be fine. I don't believe the PCL would have an effect on uh, the contract talks. I think the ACL would have more of an issue uh, with the contract talks because he did miss the entire season through no fault of his own. And then we knew coming back from the ACL tier that he would take some time to get back. And that's where we see more of his restrictions in 2020, where he just wasn't up to snuff there. And then we see what he's capable of. Um, I will say it didn't help that he had the comparisons to Kyle Williams uh, coming out when he was drafted, which I think kind of plays in that whole narrative. But I believe that the team should resign him. He's a, a veteran leader at this point, Walter Payton, man, the year nominee and he would tell he's just a leader in the locker room. So I think it'd be foolish not to sign him. And we saw them resign Matt Milano with all the injuries he's dealt with. I, I it'd be crazy if they let Harrison Phillips walk. So uh, I believe that answers all the points of the question, but you know, ACL held him back more. I think he should get a fair contract and be in Buffalo for at least the next two, maybe even longer years. Love that. And I'll, I'll echo what you said there at the beginning. Some of my most favorite conversations that we've had come from really good questions that were submitted. And so do not hesitate to send me an email um, with something that you'd like for Kyle and I to get to that could tap into his expertise and create even better discussions here whenever we are privileged to have Kyle on this podcast to share his expertise. So as usual, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge and getting us ready for the injury situation on Sunday, but also the implications of Harrison Phillips and what he's been going through. Thank you, Joe. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's close out the podcast with my predictions for Sunday. I have five of them for you. Number one, I am predicting that the Jets don't have 100 rushing yards on offense. And this is a little bit of a hot take because the Bills have given up an average of 152 rushing yards per game over the last seven. And the Jets have gone over 100 rushing yards in three straight games and averaged 133 rushing yards per game over their last seven. I don't think that continues this week. Michael Carter is banged up. They have an injury at left tackle. George Fant went on injured reserve. His backup, Chuma Idoga, is banged up as well. They could have Connor McDermott starting at left tackle. And so I think that they're going to lose some of that rhythm in the run game this week, and the Bills hold them to under 100 rushing yards. Number two, I am predicting six catches or more from Stefan Diggs, which will give him 100 receptions on the season. I think Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs will chase that. And also, Steph Diggs is three catches away from collecting the most receptions of any player in their first two seasons with a new team in NFL history. The previous record was held by Wes Welker with the New England Patriots at 223. So you can rest assured that he's going to get three. I'll take it a step further and say he will get six. My next one, my next prediction, number three, I predict that the Bills will punt. And, um, I know it's been really fun over the last two games to not have to see Matt Hawk punt, but I think that changes this week. It's kind of crazy to think that an NFL team can go three games in a row without punting. I guess if there's a defense that you could do it against, it's the Jets who have been abysmal on defense all year long, but I think, um, I think it'll happen this week. The streak of no punts will end on Sunday. Number four, I predict that Josh Allen doesn't throw an interception. And so on the heels of a three-interception game last week against the Atlanta Falcons, I think that Josh Allen remains clean when it comes to not throwing interceptions this week, and his interception total for the season will not rise any higher than it already is. The number five, do I think the Bills win this game and secure a consecutive AFC East division title? You're damn right I do. I think the Bills take care of their business. I think they'll be focused. They've been on a mission. They knew what was out in front of them after they lost to the New England Patriots at home and then fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a team that found itself and has been motivated to win out, and the job's not done. The job is not done. They have to beat the Jets. I think they'll be focused. I think the division title matters a lot. You've heard it from the locker room. They want to clinch at home, right, to be able to do that at home in front of Bills Mafia to become AFC East champions for a consecutive season, that means something to this football team. And so I don't think they're going to be caught looking ahead or not being focused for this game. I think they want to take care of this division, and I think they get the job done on Sunday. So put me down for a Bills win on Sunday afternoon. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast, but not this week. Again, tomorrow, I have a podcast coming your way where we've got some fun stuff to dig into, reflecting on the regular season and reflecting on some other things as well. So 
I would love it if you join me. Make sure that you're subscribed. Rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.